Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This show. Riding in my car. And I'm listening to the radio. It's time for Dukes and Bell. Oh, someone told me it's the Black Beverly Hills. Is that true? Driving in Atlanta just got a whole lot more bearable. Welcome to the party, pal. Hi, everybody. Carl Dukes and Mike Bell. The names that mean goodness. Say my name, you know who I am. Carl Dukes. I drink and I know things. Oh, don't question my authority thing. King Kong ain't got on me. Sometimes you just got to call somebody, and I'm not ashamed to say it. You know, ah! And Mike Bell. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. Hope you guess my name. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes until somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes, right? Get ready for the best five hours of your life. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Don't believe me, just watch. This is Dukes and Bell. Brought to you by Finley Roofing. We've got you covered. Atlanta's most trusted and recommended roofer. You know what? Why don't we start doing the stuff that other guys have done on other radio shows around the country? No. no. On Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Atlanta, what's going on? It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, man. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, Mike, we got great weather over the weekend. Mm. It was fun. Maybe you got outside. It felt like spring. Uh, maybe you played some golf. Maybe you just enjoyed being outdoors. Either way, we hope you had a, a great weekend. Man, I'll tell you what. Um, this weekend, I don't know if it's fooling us or not, but I hope spring has <laughs> sprung. I really do. Yeah, I know that we'll probably have a few chilly nights between now and, you know, April showers and all that. But, man, it just today, top-down day, a little blustery. Uh, if you're playing golf, it was, in some cases, helping your, your golf ball, Carl, if, you're, if it's the wind's behind you. That's true. But, yeah, man, hope you guys had a great weekend. And I know I, I said it on Thursday and cleared my throat when we were over at Hooters. I said, hey, if you can, get to the race. And I hope you did because the race was unbelievable. Weather was great, unbelievable you know, finish, which is making news all around the world. It was just a great, great event up there at AMS. No, it really was. I mean, this is how you get people to become more interested. Right. Right? It, it, we can talk about the race, Mike, all we want, but ultimately it's those kinds of finishes mm-hmm. that get people more interested. And if you have no idea what we're talking about, we'll get you caught up on what went down at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Meanwhile, uh, the big news coming off the weekend is that Trey Young is out for at least four weeks, maybe more. And there's a speculation, Mike, that maybe he might be done for the season. I mean, the season ends April 12th, 13th, right around there. You're talking maybe right. five, six weeks. And everybody now thinks, all right, what, what does this mean for this team? Well, it just means DJ plays. DJ does more when Trey is out. And, Mike, mm-hmm. he did it again last night. He's li- literally single-handedly beaten this team three times this season. The Hawks win the season series. But last night, DeJounte Murray, 25, 11 assists, 9 rebounds. And here's the thing, guys, as we get into this. Somebody's getting traded this offseason. I don't know who it is. I don't know where it's going to be. Mm. Somebody's going to get traded. And, Mike, if this Hawks team goes on a run without Trey Young, and puts themselves maybe in a better position to compete in the East. Maybe it's seven, six, I don't right. know. Maybe you go on a run. Does it make you think twice? Because Trey was asked about this at the All-Star game, and he said, look, it's a part of it. I don't know. There are rumors out there about me, about DeJounte. Mm-hmm. What I'm telling you is 
maybe this whole Trey and trade thing, Mike, becomes clear if this team continues to play better without him. Well, again, if DeJounte Murray leads you to a 20 out of 24, right, win streak, or, you know, or that kind of run, then that's a legitimate conversation where you have you know, one true point guard and the guys just, for whatever reason, respond better. Now, look, uh, Trey with a healthy DeAndre Hunter, and DeAndre Hunter, I was just talking to Andy Randall, you know, during the commercial break, DeAndre, you know, when he can stay healthy, he's playing some really good ball right now. He looks good. You know? I, I, look, I'll give him credit. And you right. know I've been one of his harshest critics. Right. Last night. Because 18, he's deserved it. Absolutely. Right. 18 points off the bench last night. He's been the guy, Mike. We were talking all season long about bogey off the bench and who was going to come up. He comes off the bench last night and gives you 18. Um, you know, made all of his free throws, six for six, seven boards. Right. He's playing aggressively. He's getting to the basket. He's doing the things, Mike, that we honestly have been asking him to do for the last three years. Right. When you're picked fourth overall, there's still that, regardless of what the people think the quality of that draft was, you're still expected to go do something. Ironically, I think that draft night, Cam Reddish was the guy some said had the highest upside. That's right. I think Jay Billis said that, uh, you know, and Zion was in there as well. But anyway, getting back to it, it like if he plays well, sometimes bogey's better just as, you know, as a starter or whatever off the bench. And Jalen Johnson continues to do his job. So, yeah, look, if you can get that run together, I, do, I don't believe they're a better team without Trey Young, but you'd have to put up a monumental-type run to our point to say otherwise. And then you could trade Trey and completely reset the franchise but probably lose some fans in the process. His team, does it look different when, when Trey's out with DJ running things? Does it? 404-726-0929. You can hit us up. Let us know what you think. Follow Mike. He's Mike Bell, ATL. I'm at Put'em Up. See Dukes in this radio show. It's Dukes and Bell 929. Follow the radio station at 929 The Game. And, of course, stay up on everything that's going on. Can I hear Quinn Snyder on the Trey Young injury, Big O? And Big O, of course, our engineer, Turtle, is uh, executive producer. This was Quinn before the game yesterday talking about the injury. Well, you know, you feel awful for Trey more than anything. You know, hopefully the recovery process will go quickly. You know, there's certain things that it's hard to set an exact timeline on and just more than anything, get him a full recovery. And as I said, just knowing the competitor that he is, you know his history, playing games. And it's going to be a challenge for him not to be able to be out there. It's the left pinky finger, okay? Um, ligaments in there, they're going to have surgery. He will have surgery tomorrow to repair right. that. And then it's just wait and see, as we said. And if it's four weeks, and listen, Trey hasn't – he don't miss games, all right? That's not his no. M.O. He wants to play. So if he can come back and play and he's available before that four weeks is up or whatever, Mike, and he's healthy, th- then he'll be back. But there's also a chance that he might not be, Mike. And then if we're not in this – There's no reason to play him. There's no reason to play him. Right. And then that becomes the issue where you say, well – then what does that mean for the Hawks? Guys, uh, I think Turtle said this last week as we were talking with, with him, our producer. You guys can't name five guys in this NBA draft. I'm talking about the upcoming summer NBA mm-hmm. draft. Name the five best players in, in college basketball right now, or for that matter, now internationally, right? right? This isn't a year where you've got Wimby waiting in the wings and so, hey, we're going to have a high draft pick. I don't know if that's good or bad, Mike, if he's unable to return and if the team is not in it. Yeah, ironically, the next guy, if, if San Antonio holds serve or can win with, a, you know, with the lottery balls, Alexandre Saar from France. So there's another. From France! So I guess, and I heard Randy mention this, and I heard it said uh, earlier, is, yeah, man, the French connection. You know, you had the Twin Towers, and you've had other, you know, big time, and you had certainly the Admiral, you know, playing uh, back in the day. You know, and then you were able to, you know, to bring in Tim Duncan. But, yeah, two French dudes. Uh, Nikola Topic, 
Serbian. So two of the top five are, are like projected draft are from not American. Not American. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. Not America. The, these international players, uh, and some people will say, well, the best players in the NBA now are international right. guys. Okay, that's cool. I'm fine with that. Giannis, Luka, go down the list. Joker. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm looking at Bleacher Report. The top five aren't American this well, year, my, according to those guys. Well, that's where this is gone. The point is you haven't. Watch them. You don't right. know them, and therefore you're not sure about whether or not it's going to be the right move. We're a long ways away from that, but the point is, if Trey can return, he will. If he can't, and they are not in this, just know there's no reason for the Hawks to play him down the stretch, Mike. To injure him, or for that matter, to hurt any trade value mm. that he might have because he could re-injure that thing, and, and all of a sudden uh, teams might be shying away. Either way, we'll see where it goes, but right now I like what I saw last night. And I said this on Twitter uh, last night. I thought, you know, the one positive, if there is a silver lining, and you feel you're diametrically opposed to ever even considering moving on from Trey, which a lot of our audience is based on the reaction, is DeJounte, to your point, just the same thing you said about Trey, DeJounte would increase his marketability, and then maybe you could get something more in return. And you'll, you'll never get back those three number ones, Carl, but maybe you can get something to help you build. Here is uh, DJ talking about uh, not making excuses with Trey's injury. Of course, he'd love to have his teammate out there, but this is what he said. No excuses. It's the NBA. Next man up. That's all I have to say. Play the right way, play together, have fun, and try to win basketball games. So we just, we just put a poll up, Dukes and Bell 929. Uh, Turtle put this up. Are the Hawks actually better with DeJounte Murray as the focal point of the team? You can go vote. It's simple. It's yes or no. No, it's Trey's team or yes. Hmm. Numbers don't lie. It's that simple. Um, you can go vote at Dukes and Bell 929 on social media. Hey, we got a lot more to get into, guys, including a big week for our Falcons. The scouting combine is going on, Mike. They are not closing any doors when it comes to this week. And we said this, go up there, see who throws, see what you see, talk to these guys. Maybe, Mike, you like one of these guys when you leave at the end of the week and and you think that, hey, I think more highly of this particular quarterback than I did before we got here. Let it all hang out. Go see what this is about. Do not get locked in. And I'm not specifically talking about Justin. I'm saying for anybody, if it's Kirk Cousins or whoever the hell you guys might want, Let's not get locked in on anybody right now. Right, I think that's the thing, the flexibility you want to have. There was, And we'll talk more about this coming up in the show and maybe in the Blitz. There's an article that came out today saying that the Patriots could uh, maybe potentially be a monkey with the wrench and do all sorts of things. Maybe they would take Justin Fields on. You know, we'd heard about the Steelers, you know, sort of half and half. The Raiders were also mentioned, even though he told the – Media that the former OC, who's now the Raiders OC, is not all that all that good. Fields of the Patriots is interesting because then you wonder would that still give you a chance to get up? See, the, to me, the Giants are the guys that are maybe the impediment. We get past the Giants and get up at the five, then all of a sudden you can get Jaden Daniels. That's the one. I, Chris and I spent a lot of time on Friday when you were off. Yeah, again, great job with the Hawks. Jaden Daniels is the one that I'm really locked into. But again. You got to have some flexibility. You could make the case, and guys are continuing to make the case nationally that if Russell Wilson is willing to just live off his Denver money and come here for under five million, you could get Russell in here and really go to work. I, listen, I'm not, I'm not past anything at this right. point. I, I keep going back and forth about what is the best option, what gives us the best chance to be good next year. I tell you every year. I don't care about five years from now. Everybody's saying, oh, what happens in three years? Who cares? Mm -hmm. You don't even care about what happens next month, let alone five years from now. What gives us the best chance to win next season? And if it's Russ, Mike, so be it. If it is somebody else, great. That is the thing that I want to look at with this Falcon football team, with what we have, what we may get in the draft, Mm -hmm. okay, how we add to this. 
But what is that piece that gives us the best chance to win? And I think that's the evaluation. Guys, we can talk about Justin Fields and what he is and what he isn't and whether or not Russell Wilson is a diva or he's Uh a great quarterback. At the end of the day, who is that guy that makes you that much better right now? I mean, you could argue, and even that Kirk Cousins gets into that conversation. But, you know, you, you, and by the way, there's some videos. We'll talk about that at three. Video of him working out, looking good. Yeah. Not showing any signs, ill effects from that Achilles. But uh, obviously, it's still not like real NFL conditions. All right, guys. This hour is brought to you by the Man Cave Store. For family, friends, and fun, visit mancavestore.com. We're coming back. We're going to get to some headlines, including what happened at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Mm. It was a terrific ending. We'll talk about it coming up on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Bell Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, over the weekend, if you missed it, you had Duke head coach John Shire complaining about court storming. Yeah. Big crybabies there, Duke. Uh, <laughs> because yes, when their are. fans storm the court, nobody says anything. Nerds! But when uh, the court gets stormed at Wake Forest and one of their star players and Kyle Filipowski gets injured, now it's a big deal. Um, we'll talk about this, and we'll, we'll let you hear what, what John Shire had to say. Mike, let's talk about what happened at Atlanta Motor Speedway because this is the kind of finish that you want. I know we talk a lot about F1 now because it's becoming more popular, but for NASCAR fans, like this gets you excited, Mike, about the rest of the season and what, what it might look like. Yeah, man, to see Daniel Suarez get his first uh, oval race win. He'd be one on the road course in California. Just great. Stuff. Mexican driver, by the way. And talked to, I love the big giant uh, taco pinata he's hitting after. The, everybody's got their gimmick, whether it's a melon or it's a pinata. Yeah, it adds some, some spice. But, yeah, three wide at AMS. And if we're honest, we've got good buddies at Atlanta Motor Speedway since they've repaved it. It has been a lot of follow the leader, a lot of single file. Hasn't exactly been, and I love Atlanta Motor Speedway, the most compelling, because the old days, Carl, it was all about tire degradation, and you see the guys sliding the cars all over the place. But this was one they needed, and they got it. And boy, was it something, and everybody's talking about it. Ryan Blaney was in the lead at the start of the final lap, okay? Followed closely by Kyle Busch, and then there was Daniel Suarez. So on turn three, they're going into turn three. There it is. Bush squeezes his way into a narrow gap between Blaney and Suarez, and then all three cars are side by side in the final turn. You didn't know which way this thing was going to go. That is what you want to see. So Blaney, Bush, Suarez crossed the finish line at virtually the same time. Right. And Suarez wins. I mean, literally, it's .003 of a second ahead of Blaney. And that's how he won the race over the weekend. Let's hear from Daniel Suarez as he talked about how close it was, courtesy of uh, Fox Sports. It was so damn close, man. It was so damn close. It was good racing. Ryan Blaney there, Kyle Busch, Austin Hendricks. Hendrick also was doing a great job giving pushes. Yeah, I mean, he was like, it was so damn close. <laughs> but the celebration was great. And, and again, if you're a fan, if you're watching, this is what we want. Right. And it's so good to see Atlanta with two races because, you know, for years when NASCAR probably overexpanded and overreached, they got away from some of the great heritage tracks. And they do a really good job. And it's a, it's a whole weekend long show. And uh, it's good for, especially on the south side, for the uh, everybody down there. Good, good times, man. You can't look. You can't beat that. I was lucky enough to be there to see. You know, I think it was Jeff Gordon and Bobby Labonte back in the day. Or was it Earnhardt? Anyway, then of course the tremendous Harvick win at, 
There's been some historic finishes going all the way back to 92 at AMS, but this is one that is great for NASCAR because if we're honest, Daytona race, have it rained out on Sunday to have to do it on President's Day. And then Kill to the have. Kill and look, the, the big wreck is what it is. You know, it, it is. I, I'd love to see them just take no limits with the engines and the, and the gas mix. Just, just go. Let them, I've heard Mike Johnson and Squid Billy talk about this in the morning show. But yeah, coming off that kind of wreck fest at the end, this was a great, great race for NASCAR. Yeah, Blaney was like, appreciate the fans sticking around and saying, hey, we, we, we really appreciate you guys hanging out. It was a lot of fun. Uh, even though he comes up short, he understands what the race meant, the overall race and, and how it right. finished. So. And by the way, for, for those, I, I don't want to get the semantics arguments from NASCAR fans. You know, it used to be a restrictor plate. Now it's the tapered spacer. But that's what you get at Daytona and Talladega, <laughs> which creates a big wreck. And they had some wrecks at Atlanta Motor Speedway, too. Hey, coming up next hour, Steve Weiss, NFL Network, uh, senior reporter, is going to join us. We'll talk about the Combine, the Falcons, and much more here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Big O behind the glass. Our executive producer is Turtle. Let's hit some headlines. Strap in, youngins. Hitting the headlines with Dukes and Bell. Headlines brought to you by our friends at ATL. Live well. Don't just live it. Live well. We talked about the Hawks winning against the Orlando Magic last night. Now, listen, we didn't have our star, but, Mike, they didn't have their star either. As Paulo didn't play, he was uh, sick after hitting a game winner the night before. So, he was out. But it didn't matter. Both teams showed up, and DeJounte Murray showed out. But it was really late in the game with plays like Sadiq Bay that he made. Jalen Johnson gives him an assist. It was a big dunk that made it 100-89. to That was put it out of reach for the most part. Now it's down to 3.20 to go. They go in the corner. Jalen Johnson fakes the three. Jalen underneath. Sadiq Bay's alone at jams. That's a big basket by the Hawks. It's 100-89. to yeah, Orlando was going on a run. It was 15, 12, 10, and they cut it to single digits, but the Hawks were able to hold on. Look, a couple guys that are getting a little uh, snippy on social media. And look, it's a Monday. It's to be expected. Saying, though, Ben Caro is a little bit different, Carl, because obviously he, he would, uh, especially with our front court injuries and, and woes we've been having in defending the basket, that would have made for a different dynamic. Well, again, we didn't have Trey. So good news is, I mean, look, the, the Magic, by all metrics, are still a better team than us, and that's a nice win. Now, can you build on it? They are in the sixth seed as we speak. Right. Um, and, yes, this is not a fluke. This is a really good Orlando Magic team. Meanwhile, Mike Spencer Strider had a strong first spring outing. Now, I don't know what you were expecting. I don't, again, I think Spencer Strider is going to be in the Cy Young hunt. And, Mike, if he's throwing this third pitch we've been talking about and he feel com- feels comfortable with it, then, yeah, he's going to have a great season. I'm not surprised that he had a first strong outing. But we have to mention that only because if he didn't, you'd be freaking out. <laughs> so if it was like Strider gets, you know, hit for four home runs, you'd be like, oh, no, here we go. But he had a really good first outing. Yeah, I mean, guys, it's, it, it is spring training, okay? We're not even in a March yet. And uh, I, I wouldn't even give a crap if he's working on stuff and, and you're seeing him getting shellacked throughout spring training because, as we said, you talked about adding the third pitch, more confidence. But, look, it's all signs in the right direction. I just want to see these guys in knock wood, get through injury-free, no stretched ligaments or anything else, right? That's right. No one of those acronyms that have L's in them in anything. <laughs> it's the UCL <laughs> or whatever. But, yeah, what more, as you said, what more would you like to see from your boys? Meanwhile, Atlanta United, Mike Columbus, they have our number, don't they? Well, I was talking about this with Mike Conte. He was up there. He said, ironically, Friday it was beautiful. He's walking around downtown Columbus. It's like 60 degrees. People are eating outdoors. And then, bang, this, this blizzard comes in. But that's about the most difficult way to start a season for us. A team that, has, as Carl pointed out, has had our number. They're just better than us. That's, that's a, obviously a championship caliber team in the elements. So, Mike said, arguably, you won't play a tougher game on the road than that. I agree. So get it off the schedule. Yeah. Um, Brad Guzan. He's big. He's, he's bald. bald. He's, he's a, a mother. Whoa. <laughs> Brad Guzan. He was great. 
Um, even the goal they gave up, not his fault. No, and he gave you a lift with a stop on the penalty. I mean, Brad won. They, they brought in younger competition to unseat Brad oh, because you know he's been having some, some issues over the years and injuries and just getting older, and Brad has responded. So good for him. Yeah. And it was one of the bright moments in the match. All right, Atlanta United loses to Columbus to open the season 1-0. Uh, let's hear from James Palmer, our buddy from the NFL Network, as we transition and talk about the combine and what's going to happen this week. James was talking about the Falcons. He thinks they're the team to trade up in this draft. Mentioning the Falcons coming up, I think, is a very, very poignant message. I, I think that is a team that maybe doesn't really look to go the veteran route. I know some people have tied Justin Fields. We'll go to him in a second. Yeah, but it just gets the sense. We had Terry Fontenot on this show, Steve. Didn't he just sound like we, we, we value draft picks. We value, though, building through the draft in a young quarterback Correct. coming in, even if we have to move up for him, looks to be more something the Falcons would do. Remember, they have established you could say roster Steve on both sides of the ball yes to where they could think they could give up a future first round pick to move up from eight they have plenty of salary cap space they could make that jump I think that's one team you really have to keep an eye on moving up as well now how much are we going to have to give up to get up to where we want to be and who's a player we've earmarked we'll talk more about it coming up Carl unfortunately whatever quarterback you want to see go toe-to-toe we've already learned that Jaden Daniels and now Caleb Williams will not be throwing at the combine so if you want to go apples to apples You'll have to wait and see what they do with their own guys. Now, the reasoning behind this, guys want to throw to their receivers that they've got a rhythm with, guys they played with, as opposed to dudes they haven't, which if the guy under, if you overthrow it, all of a sudden the pundits are saying, oh, he's inaccurate. Yeah. So that's why guys don't throw to guys they don't know. Yeah, and for Caleb, he doesn't need to. I mean, here's the deal. you As the number one guy, you can right. only hurt yourself. Most guys who are considered to be the number one pick in the draft, especially quarterback, I don't need to, to hurt myself by going to throw and showing that, oh, he was a little short on that one or he, he overthrew that, that particular pass. I think he's going to be fine, Mike. Mm. I don't think any of this changes, to be quite honest with you. The, the Jaden Daniels thing may because, again, he's a guy that may jump Drake May right. in this process. He's a guy that may be the number two quarterback taken overall. And I think really that's the discussion now, guys. Who is the number two guy? Right. Caleb's going to be the number one guy. Who's the number two quarterback off the board? And if it's Jaden Daniels, Mike, then all of a sudden a big Drake May with a big arm is sitting there, and he might be available for the Falcons. Yeah, and I know the guys you compared to Justin Herbert. I saw another breakdown today where somebody said he just seems inconsistent watching his tape at North Carolina. And I'd agree because, you know, you still got some pieces there, but that team, and again, defensive issues aren't his concern. Just like Jaden Daniels, he had to overcome no defense at LSU and put the team on his back all the time. But, yeah, the two Heisman Trophy winners you've seen enough. So maybe, Carl, you'll get to see the three-cone drill. No, that's a defensive line. No. By the way, who knew, Carl, back in the day when Cam Newton was coming out of Auburn, he did the three-guy fight drill. Yeah. And that obviously showed his prowess and ability to handle three dudes in a, in a very tight space as he did over the weekend. Well, as Cam has told me, I'm from College Park, the real College mm-hmm. Park. Right. Hey, go ahead if you want to. Like, right. there's some guys you can test. Go ahead if you want to. That should have never happened, by the way, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, right. coming up in Gato. But that whole fiasco over the weekend, and I'm glad security was there, Mike, because that could have easily look. gotten out of hand. You know, I mean, it's a bad – I mean, look, it, you don't know what the knuckleheads are doing. It's a bad look for the A because there's Cam – by the way, that, when you have your hair going through the hat, the hat doesn't move. That no. Was, no. Tell you what, though, good technique, solid technique. Well, he can handle his own. Hey, <laughs> coming up, we're going to talk about what positions did the Falcons target with that extra $30 million projected in cap space. Hmm. All of those people who were worried about the cap, this is why I don't. What just happened? Right. Cap just went up, and you've got all this money, this extra money now that you can go spend. We'll get into it. We're going to talk about it coming up on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. 
Coming up on our NFL Blitz, what are the Giants going to do with Saquon Barkley's situation? Also, we're going to get into the Combine, and Steve Weiss is going to join us at 320, so stay right there. It's Dukes and Bell Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Poll question's up. It's interesting, Mike. Uh, Tony, Tony Calvin says, listen, we are a better defensive team, um, but offensively nowhere near as good. Uh, DeJounte Murray, that's DJM, is legit but doesn't take over games like Trey, like Ice Trey. Uh, we're asking the question on our poll question at Dukes and Bell 929 uh, after last night's win against Orlando. Um, are the Hawks actually better with DeJounte Murray as the focal point of the team? And the answer is simple. Yes, numbers don't lie, or no, no way it's Trey's team. I don't think we're a better team. I think Trey has, as we said, he's played better defense. Now, granted, the bar was low, but he's played better you know, team defense. The problem is his team is just too – his starting five hasn't been the same starting five. No. Injuries. No. Lack of depth. Lack of uh, ability from the ownership to go help spend to get more scoring off the bench and defense. So, But, yeah, it, like I said, unless in these remaining 25 games they go win at 20 out of them, then we can revisit the Trey conversation. I say Trey is – look, and I, I, DeJounte, you and I have talked about this a million times, coaches, have not coexisted. I think we both agree they're probably better successful, more successful when they're on their own. Right, on the court. Yes. Because them together. Well, they can play their games. Right. It just hasn't, it's never gelled like we thought it was going to. Yeah. Uh, and I would love to say that uh, the the plan, I think it was under Nate, Mike, that we talked about this, where Trey would maybe be off the ball mm-hmm. more and run around and run right. through screens and get better open looks. Yeah. And, and that just never has, has looked the way that we thought it might, even under Coach Quinn. So. We'll uh, see where it goes. We were soft on the ball. Yeah, thank you, Nate. Thank you. So, uh, poll questions up. Go vote. Hawks win last night. More on that coming up. NFL salary cap guys took a historic leap. You know why? Because the NFL's printing money, and when the money goes up, and the TV contracts mm-hmm. go up, and all the things associated—merch, etc., international games—all the things that the NFL is doing, the cap goes up. Now, understand this. This is a hard salary cap league, which means nobody, all right, from the Packers to the Raiders to us can spend over that amount. You have to spend up to a certain amount, but you can't spend over it, which means your front office better be good because if I have the ability to do what you do and you screw up the cap like we did a couple of years ago, Mike, then we are screwed as a team, and now I can't go spend and improve my team. But this year, the league announced, this happened on Friday, that the salary cap is going to be $255 million per club. So, Mike, that's $30 million more. And the thing for me is, okay, so Falcon fans, what are you doing with this money? Right. You want to go get your edge rusher? You want to go get the elite highest pay? You're going to reset the market at edge rusher? You're going to get the best corner or one of the best corners out there? Or you're going to spend it all on a quarterback? I mean, the good news is we do have flexibility to maybe do two of those three things, right? At least. I mean, we talked about, is it Sneed from Kansas City? There's, there's many ways you can do this, whether you want to go long-term or short-term. But, yeah, and, and right now the, the cap we said uh, is it about 40. It depends on who you look at, which website. $41 million, we'll call it that right now for the Falcons. It's a lot, Mike. I mean, going from where we were to where we are, and we don't even know who what the cuts are going to be yet. Right. We don't know how yeah. that's going to be adjusted. Now, I, I mention this because anytime, why do you mention, well, because they've already restructured Jake. They'll, Grady would be the next guy they would think about restructuring just because of the size of his deal. And, and you know, we'll see where it goes from there. Eventually, they could turn right around and, and restructure Lindstrom at some point, too. But they do have some flexibility, and there will be more cuts and more roster moves. But you are in a good position now. It just It's the $64,000 question. How are we going to go after this quarterback? So what do you prioritize? Let me ask you that. What what what? We I'm not talking about the draft. I'm edge rush, about, edge rush, edge rush, edge well, rush. Okay, because yeah. this is about spending money in free agency. Right. So edge. Okay, so that's the priority. That's edge. What, okay, help your corners, man. I know philosophically, the old general manager would say we build from the back to the front. 
Others feel differently. I say get the best, get some fire breathers out there, man, and help cover some of the deficiencies of your corners. Because part of the reason that you know we lost some of those games last year is we couldn't get the quarterback on the ground. Defensive backs are covering guys for 10 seconds out there. Yeah. Um, the year we go to Super Bowl in 2016, the salary cap was $155 million. 2016. 2024, it's $100 million more. Right. So this will continue again as the, the money flows continue to escalate. It will allow teams to spend more money, and obviously salaries are going up. I mean, when you're paying a quarterback quarter of your salary right. cap, I get it, Mike, when they're making $40, $45, 50000000 million, but still, this is a huge help for a team that's trying to build like we are. We brought this up on Friday when this dropped, that you know, if you had, had not had the COVID situation and you had regular fannies in the seats and TV ratings, then you would have been able to, you could have rid out, ridden out the Matt Ryan Julio right. situation. But yep. unfortunately, the cap dropped. It's like one of the only times in the last 25 years since 94 the cap went down because, as you just laid out, all the profitability from everything, from, from the revenue of the hot dogs to the shirts to the fannies in the seats was gone, save for a few thousands, right, scattered. Remember those awkward games scattered around the yeah, stadium? it was weird. So that, and that, We just, the timing sucked. But now we got the chance, if Terry does it right, to really fix this thing and get right back into playoffs and not just be in the playoffs, make a run. All right, what do you guys think? Do you prioritize edge as well uh, with what we've got as far as extra money now? Do you go pick up uh, another offensive lineman again? I'm talking about quality. This isn't just for depth purposes, okay? If you've got the additional additional money, the additional bread, go do something significant and help your team. Is it another corner? I said we need to draft one, guys, in the draft. But, Mike, mm. I, again, I don't know if the Falcons prioritize that with looking at this secondary and Jimmy Lake taking over. Maybe he feels more comfortable with it than our previous coordinator. Maybe he feels more comfortable with guys that we've talked about to say, uh, I don't necessarily know if he's doing the job or not. Right. Because – Jared Verse, and you guys, you know, Dallas Turner, all the guys and names you've seen, there's still a degree of risk, although Turner seems like it can't miss to me. I mean, because you could play him inside, outside, maybe more suited to a 3-4. But you, you could argue that with our experience in drafting, it's boy, oh boy, go get it off the bat. Get out of the barrel. Get a guy who's established. I would give the kitchen sink to get Danelle Hunter down here, man. Yeah, yeah. Boy, that would we haven't had a guy like that, as we said. Even, even when the Predator was here, John still had nobody on the opposite side, and you hope that some of the other guys pop. Now, the other side of this is, okay, if you say, well, wait a minute, Dukes and Bill, what if they, they prioritize quarterback? One of these guys we've been talking about, this allows you to go sign them. Right. Okay, if we were talking about Russell Wilson coming here and we were concerned, like, okay, what's he going to be asking for? This allows him to sign him. Right. If that's your priority and you say, okay, that's the guy we want, and I'm using him as an example, it could be Kirk Cousins. The point is you now have more money to do that and maneuver, Mike, than we did just a few weeks ago, not knowing what the salary cap number was going to be. So this opens up all possibilities is what I'm getting to. Right. All possibilities. If that's what you prioritize, that's what I want to know from Terry Fontenot, Mike. What is the number one priority as you head into free agency? Uh, Leonard Williams, Donnell Hunter, Ogba we talked about getting released. Uh, Carl Lawson got anything? I know you're a Jets fan, Chris. Carl Lawson worth Not. I was going to say, because right now if you're looking, if you, if you go look at free agents and you see what they were making last year, that's a guy that you don't want. Another one, I know I'm not going to say it. Carl, start laughing. Marcus Davenport. Who? He made 13 mil. Uh, Marcus. Stealing Mar- money. Marcus Davenport. In Guacways out there, we spoke to the writer from Chicago sometimes. They said he didn't do anything that year, even when Montez Sweat came out there. Yeah. That's why I said, Hunter. I want Donnell Hunter. You say Danielle, I say Donnell. I say go get him. You know what's funny about the whole Davenport thing? Even the guy that worked with him. <laughs> Thank you. Even the guy in New Orleans that. <laughs> Still makes me laugh. Even the guy in New Orleans who worked with him didn't want him here. Right. You guys know Ryan Nielsen was with him in New Orleans, right? He could have brought him. Nope, nope, nope. Didn't bring him. What does that tell you? We brought Anyamata. We brought Cade Nellis. We, we said, you can stay. Correct. Right, so, <laughs> everybody, come to Atlanta. Marcus, not so fast. <laughs>
That's, that's all I'm saying. For all you Saints fans out there who were busting balls back when I told you this guy was no good. He still is no good. Uh, I don't want it, Mike. But, yes, the guys you mentioned at the top of that list, right. very, very intriguing. Yeah, guys said, uh, what about very. Calais? I take Calais. Now, again, the money's got to be right for Calais for one more go-around, picking up Calais to stick around. Yep. Bud Dupree and he, I'd say more Calais than Bud. But, you know, let's see. He's a good guy to have in that locker room. But with the money, go get the best edge rush available. You know it would be really cool? If you could pull off the Russell Wilson thing, you go get the – just argument's sake, guys. You know this is pie in the sky. Hunter, and then you double down and draft, draft. edge. And you draft. And then you've got real bookends that we've never had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you got to go back to the bomb squad for that. Well, what you got coming back, now you've got depth and you've got potential star power right. that you can build and, and develop. No doubt about it. 404-726-0929. What are you prioritizing, guys, with this uh, increase in the salary cap? All you need to know is you're looking in your wallet or on your phone, wherever you keep your money, you're going to your bank account, there's $30 more million in there. How do you spend it? And that's, that's all you need to know, that the Falcons will have more money to spend. We'll ultimately know what that number looks like when they make some additional cuts. But, man, I did not expect it to be as much as it's going to be, and it makes me excited, Mike, that now mm. things that maybe you had on that whiteboard, you went, we can't do that. You right. can go now. You can go, well, maybe we can do that. Yeah, I'm just, like I said, I know like so many fans out there, you're all waiting to see what the quarterback play is going to be, but there's enough money out there. And, again, see, the I'd really like to get to know what they think about Dahlman because, you know, it depends on – there were times that Arthur sort of liked Dahlman, but I think you, watching at times that Dahlman was maybe a weak point. Yep. Could you get an upgrade there? I know McGarry was it uh, Storm Norton was the guy who replaced him. And he, I didn't think there was any fall off when, when he wasn't out there. He did now, a good job. Now again, look the twenty two tape. Look at the whole field. Maybe the coach will tell you otherwise. But I'd love to. See, that's the thing. If you're going to go get just for argument's sake, again, million options. But if you went and got a Kirk Cousins, you've got to shore up that right side. Got to. And the center as well. Yeah, you got you got to protect him. Whoever this quarterback's going to be, even if it's Justin Fields, I don't care. You got to protect him. Right. I mean, we we've got a really good offensive line, at least according to PFF. I think it can be better in one particular area, and that's the area Mike's talking right. about. Look, I, and look, the, the PFF metrics we've debated because do they have any kind of like rationale for when you're being double? Te- you know, you got you, you got to help with a double team, or you know, there was a blitz, and you see that's why I just don't know how you make that. How do you make that spaghetti? I I've never understood the recipe for how they co- come up with because the eyes the eye test would tell you we're a pretty good run blocking team, but we're not a great pass blocking team. Yeah, yeah. You like verse over. Um, I like Dallas Turner. I mean, verse Turner over verse right I now. I just like I'm too. Uh, We're gonna find out more. Go ahead and say it. I'm too close to You're it. Too close to it. A, a long, Versus Florida a, a long, State. A long history of FSU players making business decisions. I'm not talking about the end of the season. I'm talking about you know, sometimes you know. But all all good edge rushers will take some time off. Yeah. Uh, I think he, I think Dallas Turner is probably the be, be the more complete player. Okay. Um, and that's gonna be the choice. It'll be verse or Turner as right. the first edge to go off the board. How soon do they go off the board? Is it eight? Is it six? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we're going to find out. Here's what I do know. I think three quarterbacks, four, go in the top 15 for sure. And I keep saying this. This fourth quarterback, guys, is not Bo Nix. And I don't know if it's going to be Michael Penix. Mike just told me Penix is going to throw at the combine. Correct. Um, which, again, I think he needs to because there are guys that need to help themselves. I don't think Caleb Williams needs to help himself. I think he can, he's, can harm himself even more by throwing mm-hmm. – He'll do it in his own leisure, but a guy like Penix is going to throw. I think Mike J.J. McCarthy is going to be that fourth guy in the top 15 that mm-hmm. is picked at quarterback. That's going to be four in the top 15. Yeah. Now, again, unless, as we said, you see this uh, Michael Penix go out there and just completely light up the combine. And there, there's been a lot of reports about his medical is, is, is pretty good or maybe not as bad as we were led to. I don't know. I, I don't consider him a mobile guy. You know, Look, you, can you move in the pocket? Can you avoid the pass rush, make the steps? Yeah, step you know, up, step back. Like Kirk Cousins. You know what? You don't think of Kirk Cousins as a mobile guy, but he knows how to move around in the pocket. You know, like How will he be after that Achilles injury? 
Well, that's the question. Speaking of that, we're going to uh, talk about it because there's some footage out there coming up in our NFL Blitz that has him throwing footballs on a tennis court. We'll get to that. We'll also talk to Steve Weiss in the 3 o'clock hour, NFL Network senior reporter. we got a lot more to get to. Happy Monday. Stukes and Bell. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 